All right. It is going. It is going. It's going. It's gone. My boy Lucas with the DIY tie-dye shirt. That's right. Dude, crazy. California style. I'm on like DIY.com or DIYmag.com right now. Like been reading their fucking reviews this morning. (laughs) Yeah. Never heard of it until this morning. What is it? I think it's just an indie, uh, like music, almost like a, I don't want to say like a blog site. Cause they seem like they have like legit journalism on here, but it's, a, you know, like some of the top stories here are, uh, turnstile unleash new track blackout, uh, sleigh bells announced new album. Oh, um, and it just, it looks like they have a bunch of like reviews on here. Like I read their review for butterfly 3000. Um, they have a review for the record that we're going to be talking about today. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I, so, man, I could find little to nothing about this band. I was honestly, um, like, I shouldn't have been that surprised because the, they haven't, I think they've only released one track ever since this album came out in 2011. Um, yeah. and like I told you when, last time we were talking, like <laughs> no one I know has heard of this band. Um, I mean, and, yeah. And I, the, the only reason people have heard this is because I've I've played it for them. <laughs> I I've only found a couple like it seemed like local articles and like indie magazine articles about this band. I I went on Genius to try to look at the lyrics. Only two of the songs had lyrics at all. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, and even those songs had like less than less than like six hundred views each, and, and probably less than that. That's crazy is, for a record that came out 10 fucking years ago. Yeah. Wait, that's not and a good sign. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's, it's just, I think it just goes to show more than the music itself that they were just like, yeah, this is a one-time thing. We're just going to do it and whatever happens, happens. And they just let it happen. And that's what happened, baby. And that's my poem. Yeah, man. I kind of feel like that's why I asked if you wanted to record early because you know, obviously, like, we listen to these albums a few times before we sit down and talk about them. And uh, this last time I was listening to it this afternoon, I was like, all right, I'm ready to just get this over with. Let's fucking talk about this. <laughs> what did you... So, I assume it was, like, your Discover Weekly or something that, that brought you on to these guys? Um, I honestly... I was trying to think how I heard them the first time, and... I, I, it must have just been a recommended based off of like other stuff I was listening to at the time. Um, and we can get into that, but before we do that, what's up, buddies? And welcome to another episode of Earbuds, the podcast where two good friends talk about one good album for 30 good amounts of times. 30 good amounts of times. We are the odd couple of podcasts. But I've heard it floating around the ether. You've texted me a couple times with screenshots of people's tweets. Well, well, it was odd. I was looking into my cauldron, and I spilled my alphabet soup in there, and and the alphabet soup spelled pod couple of oddcasts. Oh, it just kind of like switched that P around. Yeah, and so uh, it did summon a demon. I have been dealing with that. I might need to leave early uh, just to kind of make sure that that deal is taken care of because it is currently... Uh, possessing and destroying the p- citizens of San Marcos. Of San Marcos, California? Yeah, San Mo, L.A. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we can get back to that later. Who cares about a rope demon? When, I mean, I'm not sweating it. When there's it's music just, to talk about. It's probably something I just need to do later. Just yeah. a heads up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, write it down so you don't forget. But, like, really, who yeah. gives a shit? Um, but I like that. The pod couple of oddcasts. I mean, I think we should listen to the demon and your alphabet soup. And, and maybe, we can go with that. Maybe that could be the spell to, like, banish the demon. Is, is saying that phrase or something. Like, or maybe that'll make it more powerful. I guess same, we'll see whenever yeah. I try it out. I'll say it three times in the mirror when we're done recording it. Yeah, and I'll appear right behind you. <laughs> yeah, and I'll show you the three scratch marks I have on my chest afterwards. <laughs> which seems to happen anytime a demon's around, according to uh, Ghost Hunters or Ghost <laughs> Adventures, my two favorite shows. But we are your hosts, me, the Lucas, the Andrakovs, and my buddy, my good friend, my pal, who's looking great with a new haircut. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mr. I'm Bretjamin. I'm Brett L. Hanrahan. Yeah, Bretjamin, the hand. The hand. <laughs> the hand. They call me the hand because that's what I do most of my spells with. Yeah, yeah you're, you're good at conjuring um, fucking great albums to talk about, like the one that we're going to talk about today. I who I know I, we both I did the loved. opposite of conjure this album. We both loved this record. I can't wait to hear how much you loved it. I can't wait to talk about how much I loved it. Today we're talking about I almost forgot the name. Is it self-titled? I think it's self-titled. It's self-titled. It is a duo called New as Villager. As far as you as far as it's it's odd. The band is called New Villager one word and in vr capitalized the album is called new villager one word the v is not capitalized yeah i swear that's got to be a mistake i i, I don't <laughs> surely surely it must be it's only been 10 years so if they didn't catch that mistake by now it might be on purpose um i don't know maybe we can maybe we can talk to them and see see if they could fix it real quick uh yeah we'll send them a note because i doubt they're getting many emails these days <laughs> Uh, New Villager, I would say, um, can be categorized as like kind of like psychedelic pop music. It's man, yeah. I've I know I say this a lot, uh, but I was wondering how on earth I'm going to talk about this album because <laughs> these guys are. It's not. It, they're enigmatic. I'd say. Yeah, well put. They it's it's hard to kind of pin them down. But I feel like if someone came up with a three-syllable title, it could work perfectly. It's just, it's like, it's just nothing I've really heard of, but it's not crazy experimental either. Yeah, it's, um, I would say it's not considered experimental now because of how much pop music and electric music that has come out in the last 10 years that sounds a lot like this stuff. Um, like, you know, you asked me like how I'd heard these guys before. And I honestly, I couldn't pinpoint when and where, um, it was definitely, you know, at the beginning of my Spotify days, like this was 10 years ago, I definitely listened to this, like right when it came out, like in 2011, really? Yes. Like in 2011, I heard this record. I was just about to graduate college. Um, and I was in the height of my like pop phase. Uh, I was listening to a ton of like Walk the Moon, uh, LCD Sound System, 
Penguin Prison, Peter Bjorn and John, Yaysayer, like all these kind of like alternative pop bands and groups. Yeah. So when this one came up, I mean, obviously it came up because I was listening to all those guys. And I, I would say Yaysayer is probably the most directly related in terms of like musical styles to New Villager. And I still like Yaysayer a lot, but I will say like throughout the years, they've kind of become a lot more, a lot less experimental and a lot more like just basic pop music. Hmm. But when I first heard this, man, I mean, like a lot of the choices that they make, especially with their vocals, I just really like fell head over heels for it when I heard it 10 years ago, because it was like nothing I'd really heard before. Um, their well, modulations that they do throughout the whole record, like really, really were like unique to me. It had enough in a, of an effect on you that you've remembered it a decade later. And you brought it on the podcast. Yeah, man. Not just like what's crazy is that I haven't listened to it in 10 years either. So really? Yeah. So it's not like this is a record that like I constantly jam and it's always on rotation. It was just a record. I remember I was when I was trying to think of like albums to talk about on the on our podcast. I thought I was trying to think of every genre I could think of because I didn't want to focus on just rock or just punk or you know, which right. is, or hip hop, because like, clearly, you know, that's something that I gravitate towards, like almost like pretty much daily. So yeah, when I was trying to think of like, well, what's pop, you know, electric music. And I just remembered this record and how much I fucking loved it when it first came out. And when I was probably jamming it for like a solid year and haven't listened to it since. So going back, It, it seems it seems like your opinion of it has lessened over the years. It has my enthusiasm has waned a little bit on this. Um, Man, yeah, I, you know, I got like I, I'll talk about what I liked about it, which you know we can both kind of just that'll probably be the quickest part of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I like. All of the voice modulation, all the vocals, I like on the record. They they do a lot of stuff there. They they it's it's a bit odd because it's it's just like I assume it's two male vocalists, and one of them just prefers to be in a very low register. Yeah, you know, gate is on. Yeah, and no. go. and kind of almost like a speaking voice. Yeah, like a but, low, but it's definitely like, modulated too. Yeah, and and so it is. It is pretty interesting the choices they make with that, and it's really only in like the harmonies that they get very high on this album. Yes, yeah, they have a lot of falsetto vocals, right? Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, that was that was a kind of cool uh, part, though. It was it did make it a little difficult to discern songs from each other. Yeah, they definitely uh, blend it in. It's it's also just because of the nature of this album. They had one very specific vibe, and they kind of stuck with it the whole time. Uh, the landscape of the sounds kind of remains consistent. Yeah, the, you know the vocals. The they do switch around the instruments, but usually to get to the same effect. I'd say. Yeah, for uh, sure. I noticed that um, my favorite parts of every song uh were like always the last like minute 
of every track because it seemed like that they the last and it you're you're right it's like kind of formulaic or they had the same idea for every track because it was like the last minute of every song seemed to be a culmination of everything that they had done in that song right and the last minute they threw it all together and it became this kind of i think that's what gave it such a great other than the vocal modulation like that's what gave it a psychedelic vibe to me because like the last minute was just manic almost like so many things going on at once it was almost chaotic (laughs) so i dig that like i i like the songs in my opinion like that's a cool way to finish strong if you're trying to finish with energy right yeah because while this is a dance electric record i wouldn't say it's the most energetic dance record no Definitely not. I would hesitate to even call it a dance record. Yeah, I guess it's just dance because it has the, you know, the deep bass drum and the and the claps and the snares and stuff like that. But I would definitely categorize this more as like experimental electronic. Yeah, or or like underwater dance music. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those moments where the the beat sounds like it's being like played through a fucking muffled street cone. Yeah, but you also imagine like I I tried to imagine like where would I like what 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 would I do with this music out in the wild? Like if I heard it, it was like I like I don't know, I just imagine myself dancing with someone else, kind of a little duet dance in like underwater and we're doing these fluid slow movements. You I know? like that. It's very uh, romantic. It's very romantic. Thank you very much. I will say uh, that this album, when you put it in those terms, does kind of sound romantic. Like the the vibe of the whole thing. It, yeah. sound, it sounds intimate, maybe is, is the way to put it. But I I will, yeah, like I do like, um, you know, going back to, to the, my, you know, short list of likes on this record, like the vocal modulation and the vocal work, I thought was really cool pretty much in every song even though towards the end it definitely got pretty fucking stale where you're like the first when you hear the first five songs you're like oh shit this is cool this is different and then the last five songs you're like okay this is the exact you guys aren't doing anything different at this point like with your own music so it's it kind of definitely like i lost steam for me um about halfway through the record but in terms of like music it is very textured it's a it's pretty dynamic on every track, uh, they kind of do this roller coaster. Yeah, it there, there are really hardly any songs that have parts that repeat. Maybe right. other than the chorus, like usually it's the vocals will take a couple lines and repeat it a good amount of times, but the music. And, like, the segments themselves don't really repeat throughout the song. Mm -hmm. It's usually, like, something just totally different uh, after every part. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's There's there's not a lot of – it's weird to to say that you have that dichotomy of, like, a lot of these songs are formulaic in terms of their – the patterns that they're following, like the verse, chorus, verse, chorus thing. But also the second verse will have a completely different uh, instrumentation than the first. Or the, you know, the, the last chorus will introduce a whole new, um, I, I don't even know, like a whole new synth part or a whole new guitar part or something. So it, it is, they kind of are making every section different as they come back to it. 
but it's not like groundbreaking songwriting, you know? No, it's, it's almost like they can't fucking control themselves. They can't limit themselves. (laughs) It does seem like a, uh, I got the vibe of like a, an electronic jam band a little bit. Yeah. Like two dudes or or it's just like six guys in a basement and one of them's making music and the other six are just kind of doing random vocals at random times. Yeah. Oh, we got to do throw in the dude that guitar parts also let's just throw it in on this part (laughs) and then we can mix it and maybe we can play that same part of the synth later. And yeah, I, I think like listening to it back, you know, with, with new ears and with 10 extra years of, of music experience and knowledge, new ears and 10 years, baby, new ears and 10 years. I, I, uh, I started to get more of the feeling that this music didn't, it doesn't feel very genuine to me. No, no, I think like a lot of the songs, like we said, they lack energy, right? So for an electronic yeah. band or album, kind of psychedelic, electronic, experimental, whatever, I'm cool with electronic music that doesn't have energy. But when the music doesn't have energy and the vocals do, it feels very weird to me. Like you have like a, a song that's kind of like not a lot going on in the music and it's kind of like uh, – you know, kind of low on the on the energy scale, but then you have the vocals going like, "Gate is on, gate is on, bop bop to the gate, but on, I won't wait, I won't." But that sounds like you're supposed to be like, "Do do 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 do," <laughs> you know, like kind of like just, I'm supposed to be like fucking doing gymnastics to it or something. Well, that's true, but even those vocals are like pretty laid back, honestly. I guess it's just they, like, like they're the pretty delivery. low. Yeah, I mean, and that's just one specific, you know, example, but like. I don't hear genuine enjoyment from the two guys writing this music. Well, I I mean, you must assume that they really wanted to do it because they only did one album with this one-off band. Yeah, Uh, but it feels, because of that also, it feels more like an art project than a band. Right, yeah. Yeah. art when art is packaged in this way, which I can kind of get into that, the, the little bit that I found about these guys was pretty fucking interesting. Um, when art is packaged like this, it kind of makes it seem disingenuous to me. Where it's like, if the focus is not on the music and you're putting out an album, then it doesn't sound genuine. Just kind of sounds like you guys took this as a challenge. And you just went and did it. But it's not like I hear a lot of heart in the music. Right. Uh, which is, to be honest, kind of why I liked it at first. Like, I, when I heard it 10 years ago, it did sound, uh, when you take away, like, how much is going on in each track, where, like, you can tell that they spent a lot of time on the textures and the and all the different synths and all the different layers that they added onto this and the modulations and all that stuff. Like, take that and put that aside. You listen to it and you kind of... it does sound kind of lazy. So 10 years ago, I liked that because I was just getting into pop music, but I hated how try hard pop sounded 10 years ago. Right. And it sounded very, uh, shallow and 
money grubbing, just kind of like you're you're just doing this because you know someone's gonna buy the single or someone's gonna buy this record. And, uh, pop has always been like uh, very hard for uh, for me to accept as like genuine good music until I heard like Lady Gaga recently in the last you know year or so. <laughs> um, but like it. When I first heard it, it kind of sounded like they were doing whatever the hell they wanted, which I thought kind of like Yay Sayer. It's just like this is a band that is a pop, quote unquote, band, electric band, but they're not doing what the radio wants them to do, which I liked. And it kind of made me like it even more back then. Um, but listening to it now, it kind of made me realize like how full of shit this whole album sounds. <laughs> it sounds it sounds super disingenuous. It definitely sounds more like an art project rather than like a product of love, you know, or like something that they had in them that they just had to get out or they were trying to express mm. something, especially when you're listening to the lyrics and you realize that they're, they mean fucking nothing. <laughs> None of these lyrics have any meaning to them. I mean, yeah, I, it, it seemed like the lyrics throughout the album kind of had a, had a, it, it, it they were they didn't really have a meaning at all and they seemed pretty unimportant to the song as a whole right like the actual meaning of the songs and stuff and lyrics are pretty fucking important words to me. that were being said right and lyrics mean a lot to me they're pretty important to me with with the music that i end up like going back to you know a lot of times it's the lyrical content that that'll bring me back and if the music is there too, fucking great. But I can have the drummer playing the same four four beat for three and a half minutes if the lyrics are fucking amazing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, so it's like going back to it. I'm just like, man, this sounds like so full of shit and fake and phony. Like I'm like, these aren't musicians. These are like art students that bought a synthesizer and just decided <laughs> we can do that. You know, they heard, yeah. they heard, they heard MGMT, they heard Animal Collective and they were like, we can do that. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's, I, I wish there was kind of more info about them. Uh, it's, it's kind of hard to tell where they were coming from. You know, uh, I have I, a little bit of background on that. Yeah. I, I only found two reviews of this album online. Both of them aren't great. Uh, one of them is by the, the DIY mag that I mentioned earlier. Uh, they gave it a, a three and a half out of five stars. So seven out of 10. The, their DIY review is pretty positive. Um, basically, the headline is it has its moments of brilliance. Um, but they said everything else just kind of felt uh, it kind of fell flat. They mentioned a couple songs that kind of stand out to them. But yeah, I think overall, I mean, the word cumbersome was used too many times in this review. <laughs> Stumbling was used a couple times in the review. Uh, pretentious crap was thrown in there. Mm. But I would that, say that, yeah. yeah, I would say the most interesting information I could find on this record was on a website called tinymixtapes.com. They did a review of this back in 2011. And it's kind of, kind of, uh, called them out for basically saying that this was an art project. Um, the two guys, it's, it's two guys in the band. Um, apparently they say that the band's music serves as a vehicle to make their new villager mythology is what they're calling it, which is, already, is that right? How fucking pretentious does that sound already? 
our band's mythology is X and Y. I really hated that word. Well, like, especially if you only release one thing. Yeah, for what's the your mythology of your band's career? Your mythology is ten tracks that that you didn't do anything with. Thirty-eight minutes. Well, they basically say that new the new villager mythology is a vocabulary of ideas and a lens for looking at the world in art, a way to look at the world in a cohesive, consistent way, which is so fucking vague, almost sounds like a advertising campaign. I mean, or like a PR stunt. A way to look at the world in a cohesive, consistent way. What does that have to do anything with this record? I, uh, I don't know, man. I, I've always been frustrated and baffled by, like, I guess, art. Or, it, it, like, mm-hmm. artsy stuff. And, like, people that are like, yeah, I'm trying to start a new, you know, way of thinking and like my music and and then the lyrics are you know garble yeah but gators on gators on like gators on i i hate to to pick on black rain that which is the track that we keep singing but it's just so fucking stupid um (laughs) and i was talking about this earlier that you know i've been watching uh top chef and they recently had uh a guy there as a guest judge that who's a fashion designer this guy uh Masraki, Isaac Masraki, or something like that, um, and he basically had them design it or cook a dish for him that the flavor had nothing to do with how they were going to judge the dish. It was all aesthetic that they were judging off of, which I thought was kind of cool. Well, wow. it's a different way of looking at food, right? Um, so he they didn't even try the food that these chefs cooked for this really for this yeah for this episode. But man, hearing this guy talk about fashion and hearing the chefs talk about food, I was just like, man, it's hard to find two groups of people who consider themselves artists that are more full of shit than chefs and fashion designers. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the I mean, there was there was like a Tumblr post going around showing like the Gucci store. Okay. And the stuff on there is insanely whack it's so and dumb. for the um, for the price they make you pay for it is ridiculous and they just call it high fashion mm-hmm. and it's just this 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 garbled what you would expect a second grader to dress themselves up as going to school yeah i mean the whole high fashion thing to me is clothes that are not meant to be worn like high fashion is like it is a piece of art that you're that you just happen to be wearing once, but no one is gonna. How many runway looks do you see, you know, going to the movies, or like oh, going out to happy hour? Like I'm not gonna see someone wearing a ridiculously big uh, shoulder padded fucking suit, you know, that has all these angular cuts and these huge lapels and all this shit. Like you don't. It's not. I feel like. The type of food that that they cook on Top Chef, which is high end um, gourmet cuisine, so you know it's it's like a, a bite of food that's served on a spoon, yeah, and you're supposed to pay twelve dollars for it. Is the same twelve to for me? It's like the same phony bullshit, um, you know, up your own ass, disingenuous uh, art as fashion is. And when I hear New Villager talk about a New Villager mythology 
and say that the to them new villager is just a vocabulary of ideas it's just like it's these words that artists choose that make me not just automatically i don't like them well it just immediately it it just makes you assume like oh well they think you know they're trying to like lecture me or teach me something you know they they expect that i don't know this thing they're trying to show me i guess is like they think they're above they think they know better they think they know better yeah it's the same thing as chefs getting mad at you for ordering a steak well done when they like their steak medium rare and i'm just like i don't give a fuck how you think a steak is supposed to be this is how i like steak like that's why i love uh chefs like manny matheson because he says it all the time on his shows. He was like, describing food is the dumbest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> oh, I can smell the garlic and oh, the paprika really brings out the, the you know, the herbal essence of, and it's just, mm-hmm, he, he thinks mm-hmm. it's really fucking stupid. And I used to like that. I used to like taking food that seriously, but I don't like taking something so seriously that you become snooty about it. Right. I will. I that can, it. I can have a really, really good piece of fish. I can have gourmet food and love it. And I can turn around and go to Denny's and get a fucking moons over my hammy and love it just as much, if not more. Like I have a good palate and I have a gutter palate and I appreciate both. Yes. Yes. That's, you know, that's why I love going to high end places like, you know, uh, Dairy Queen and low end places like McDonald's. Right. You're willing to to pay the, the two extra bucks for a blizzard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, dude, to be honest, like bad food, people love bad food. I love bad food. I love bad food and I fucking love good food. I like music that is DIY and um, homegrown and because that feels genuine because to me, that means that they have to try harder. And when you have this high-end fashion or this high-end food, and I understand a lot of work gets put into that and a lot of pride gets put into that, but the heart and the soul kind of gets taken away from it for me. So to me, this album is the high-fashion version of music, and there's no soul in it. I mean, I've I've always thought that about noise music. Right. Right. that it's like the high end fashion version of music. It's like the thing where it, it it's it's like a uh, you know where like all the uh, music experts. Yeah, so these self important people. Yes, and like the high end music. Like yes, swans. Oh yes, that sh- amplifier worship by Boris. Right, you know, yeah, and it's just static. It's just it's just feedback for fifteen minutes, and nothing happens, and it's boring as fuck, and everybody loves it. Right. But and, <laughs> Sorry, and I, have, you, I have a personal grudge with swans against against noise music and well, swans. I totally agree, and it's the same as like shoegaze to me. Like there is a certain pompous, uh, better than you. Oh, if you don't like it, then you must not be as you know, appreciative or as advanced or like as you must not artistic. have such a refined palette. Right, right. Refined. You might, you must not be as refined as me because you don't find the, the value in this. And it, and I do like, part of me is just so like, and you know that I'm a contrarian, <laughs> but part of me immediately shuts down 
when I start feeling that vibe from someone. Right. So it doesn't feel genuine. And I think that's where it goes back to me with this album is that it doesn't feel genuine. It feels like an art project by two guys who think that they can write good music. So they write this record and they, so the whole story with this is that they surrounded this around an actual art installation, this record. So it was called a uh, temporary culture and it was a project in LA. Um, the band spent 10 days living and eating inside of a mini town that they created inside of this gallery, this art gallery. And okay. they, they made this mini town. They constructed the whole thing on their own. They made this whole set for 10 different rooms. And each room represented one song off of this record. Cause there's 10 tracks on this record. All right. So each of these rooms represented one song off of the album, as well as the 10 stages of the new villager mythology. So this guy said, it's obvious that the band is quite enamored of the mystique afforded by such a worldview as evidenced by their enthusiastic relaying of their debuts recording process. So apparently the album was recorded in a few different places. One of those being an abandoned mansion that they just okay. that they just went into and recorded uh, a cabin that was neighboring a meth house and a beach house that was near a haunted castle oh and they so they did all those Fun. locations to get vibes or to put more artistic flair onto the music that they were making if you if you told me that this album was recorded near a haunted castle why would that change my opinion of it how would that make me go, oh, you know, this does have artistic merit then. Oh, you guys recorded this in an abandoned cabin by a meth house? Oh, I'm going to listen it, to this differently now. Yeah, this just seems like a couple dudes that are too high on their own supply, man. Yeah, it's it does seem like these people are smelling their own farts. <laughs> and And this guy said he was like, the thing is that this album on its own doesn't live up to the expectations set out by the band's lofty ambitions. He said at best it captures the same endearing joy of their incomplete ideas and live installations. At worst, these songs sound like gratingly cheery campfire songs. Remove, <laughs> like You remove the element of tangible physicality and eye-popping colors that makes the band's intentions so winning, which is the art stuff, which apparently was really actually pretty cool. And you're left with some pleasant and resolutely unremarkable psychedelic pop. So he's saying that the album is, isn't a bad album per se, um, but it's danceable. It has rhythmic stuff, but it's like, they're trying too hard to take what animal collective did and make it into more palatable pop music. Yeah. And it just, they said, they mentioned overcompensating, uh, painfully limp, these are just some of the words I'm pulling out here. Empty paint by number templates. Blueprints for better, more fulfilling songs. Okay. <laughs> like oh, pretty God. pretty much both reviews are saying like they have such a good template here and they didn't pull it off. Like every song is wanting. Every song leaves you not wanting more in a sense like Action Bronson, where it's just like, oh, I could listen to two more minutes of that. It's wanting more as in like, oh man, I really could have used a better song. Right. Uh, they mentioned that the middle of the album is particularly forgettable. Um, virtually no substantial songs, substantial songs or melodies. Um, yeah, man, it's it, when I 
when I was listening to this, I couldn't, you know, you, you can't find much information about it. And the information I found made me like the album less. <laughs> no, I bet that stuff super influenced your, your next couple listens. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, thankfully I read that on my final listen of the record. Mm. So, because there was something that I couldn't put words to what I was feeling. All I could, all I kept thinking to myself was this doesn't sound genuine. This sounds like, uh, you know, fake is just such a like pedestrian or simple way of putting it, but it is, it just feels like two people that aren't musicians that decided to write a record and they, you can tell that they're listening to this and just like farting in a cup and just like fucking drinking it and just loving just chugging it. it down. Dude, do you hear when I fucking, when my voice goes down like that and it goes up and that represents like the lowest of society with like the highest mm-hmm. of society. And we're trying to like, mm-hmm. you know, like, we talked about that on a, on a few records back with uh, with Michael, where it's just like, is it art or is it bullshit? And there's a very thin line between art and bullshit to me. Very thin. It's a very, very thin line, and it usually is kind of up to the viewer. Right. Like, But if, if most people are walking away from this record feeling like it is disingenuous, that it did feel like an art project, and that it's hollow, then that isn't – that's becoming an objective – fact it's no longer an opinion if everyone is saying that you know right yeah and i yeah like i'm not i don't i don't like to diss artists and musicians uh very much just because i know oh you yeah i mean (laughs) i mean i do when i'm not being recorded yeah yeah okay just just like in the company of my friends and stuff but like, because like we both understand how much work goes into making music and all that, even if it is in an abandoned mansion by a beach or whatever. Absolutely. But at the same time, there's no, I feel no motivation to fight for these guys. There's, right. There was really nothing that. There was no real moment that won me over in any way when we were coming into this episode before we talked i was ready to just give this thing a straight five because i just didn't know what to do with it right you know i was just right in the middle just kind of like more just like not really caring one way or another about it right and after our talk i think it might be down a couple points by the end yeah i mean Uh, yeah spoiler alert my rating is gonna be below a five and i fucking suggested this for me you sure did i think a, a big thing for me because i totally feel the same way like it's it was i was trying to bring myself back to 10 years ago when i listened to it and why i liked it so much and i think it is because it sounded so different but i now it sounds very basic and like this guy said paint by numbers because uh, so much music has come out like this that is better so you right. go back and you hear this and you go like, it's a like kind of pet sounds by beach boys. It's like, yeah, that influenced a whole bunch of music or maybe it was on the forefront of this new wave of psychedelic pop music. But then everything that came out afterwards, I like more. So yeah. I don't, I don't care if I go back to the Adam or the Eve of this genre. Like if, if it's not good, it's not good. Like there's a lot of, a lot of the first punk bands I fucking hate and I love punk. <laughs> right. A lot of the first metal bands I can't fucking listen to, and I love metal. Same with hip-hop. The beginning of stuff isn't always the best. I mean, it, it provides a blueprint for 
uh, artists in the future to kind of build upon. Yeah, a launching really pad. Make a castle. It, it's. I mean, making a first of anything, the greatest, uh, like making a first rap song and that rap song being the greatest of the genre just isn't feasible. Yeah, I mean, there's classics, right? Um, yeah. And there's a lot of hip hop heads that do go back to the old 80s stuff and love it. But to me, it just sounds goofy as hell. Um, I mean, the hip hop, hip exactly. hip hop booty, don't stop. I mean, booty. even like the Fresh Prince stuff, you know, like I fucking love Fresh Prince. I love Will Smith. I can't listen to his music. It's awful. <laughs> and, you know, and I, 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 I'm trying so hard not to say like objective words, like it's awful or it sucks or whatever. I just don't like it. I can't fucking get into it. But yeah. I think the, the biggest disappointment for me on this record is like, even listening to it now, I do hear moments of like brilliance a little bit. I do hear moments of like, Oh shit. Like these guys have something here. These guys are, are doing something different and really cool, but they last five seconds in a song or they last for, you know, a verse and then it doesn't come back and everything else just kind of falls flat. Um, I will say, you know, to name the last, to say the last like thing that I enjoyed a lot about this record is the production. The production's fucking awesome. Oh yeah. I mean the, the mix throughout the album is great. It's, it's very, it's great. It's rich. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it, it envelops you for sure. Yeah. It's very, the synths are very lush and like glittery the guitars have a great tone. The little, the few guitars that they use uh, have a really nice tone to it. The vocals are really good, you know, this, despite the modulations yeah. and how much they fuck with them. Like the vocalists are legit. The production's legit. The musicianship is there. Um, it just doesn't sound. There's no heart and there's no soul. Well, with that being said, why don't we, <laughs> why don't we get to our nar nugs? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's bad, dude. I only had one. Really? Only I mean, one song that I genuinely enjoyed still. And another song that if I had to pick a second nug, then I, I have that one because I, I don't hate it. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it was pretty hard for me to choose uh, my nugs as well. I wonder if we have the same ones. I almost feel like we are going to have the same ones. Do you want to? All right. So, so in order of the album. Yes. Let's say, let's say our first nug first. Okay. All right. I'm going to count down from there. I'm going to three, two, one, and then we'll do it. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. Cocoon, Cocoon house. house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew it. It, it. It's a great opener, right? Yeah, it's it's a great opener. It's got a real catchy. My house. Then the verses have that really, the or is it a is it the choruses maybe? I just love the the bow 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 bang 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 like I love that beat. Yeah. The guitar is really great. And they have that kind of like the, um, the kind of modulated low vocals and the high vocals going at the same time. Yeah, doing that for you can't speak in my 
Yeah. Won't you bad religion? Um, yeah, I, Cocoon House is, is legit. I enjoy it. Um, I like I love the guitar throughout the whole song. I like the the drums are very simple, but uh, they're good. I would say it's. I mean, all these all these tracks, uh, in parts, kind of have a minimalist feel about it, even though it's very kind of layered you know mm -hmm. like they use a lot of layers but they use them sparingly uh usually until the end of the song uh, right and so th just when when the, the song builds up the whole time and kind of builds up uh through the instruments that's that's those are usually the best ones and i believe that happens on on cocoon house where they're kind of they have a little like breakdown yeah, the middle of the song is pretty quiet for yeah, almost right. a solid like two minutes. And it, you know, maybe it doesn't uh, crescendo quite as I I thought it did, but it's it's just a cool vibe throughout the song. Yeah, they have that. That's a a really great rhythm. That dun 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 dun. Dun, yeah, dun. it's kind of it's got a dancey rhythm about it, but it's not exactly something you could dance to. <laughs> No, you just kind of bob, right? You just kind of bob. Just kind of groove your head to it. Um, yeah, great, great melody. One thing I know, got to be from the shadows. Like it's catchy. It's I like it. I dig that song. It's a great opener. And then uh, it's immediately followed by Black Rain, which has I think some of the goofiest vocals on the album. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, I can't do it. the The music is okay. The music's like. Kind of cheesy too, you know. Kind of like cheesy '80s uh, music, but I can't stand the vocals on Black Rain. <laughs> well, let's Black Rain is on. Rain is on. Black Rain is on. Do you want to do a three, two, one countdown for the second nug? Yeah, for sure. All right. So three, two, one. Say Lighthouse. the code. Oh, oh okay. You All know, right. I was thinking. I was thinking say the code for a bit because it's uh, a kind of guitar heavy track, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah, it has a really great guitar riff. Yeah, and it's got these, it also has these nice rim shots mm -hmm. that I really like in the uh, in, in the song where the drummer's just kind of hitting the, the rim of his snare with, with his sticks. Dude. I'm always a fan of that. Yeah, that that is very tribal sounding. It is, and it's very catchy, which is why it ultimately didn't become my second Narnug because it was a little too catchy, and it kind of got annoying after a while. Yeah, um, the the lyrics are really repetitive. Yeah, but I, I like it. In the forest, time is black and open go and open handle find out where we it's it's catchy. Um, I love that guitar part. The yeah, right. Um, they kind of do this, you know, this kind of like almost like Panic at the Disco esque like little part mm -hmm. in the middle before the chorus. Or I don't know if it's the if it is the chorus. Are you talking about like no the the more stringy. Like during, I think it's the chorus or the maybe the pre-chorus, 
But I love that guitar part. That like I like that part a lot, man. And I I think that part comes back in a later song. I thought the same thing. Honestly, I forgot which song it was, but I was like, this is Say the Code Part 2. Oh, it was How to Get Back. I was, How to Get I, Back. And I'm, I, I bet there are little things like that at play in this album because uh, Upholder, right after shot Big Horizon, kind of like references the word Horizon a couple times. And I, uh, I was wondering if there was some kind of continuity through this album or some like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some like just looking at the art, I wondered if there was some kind of reverse thing going on with the album, or a parallel thing, where tracks one through five and six through ten, like one and six, two and seven, like match or something like that. Oh, okay, kind of like the uh, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like the bracket. Yeah. Uh, but I, I am not nearly smart enough or invested enough to uh, figure that out on my own. <laughs> Right, yeah, I, I honestly didn't pick up on that. Uh, what it sounded like to me when I heard that really similar riff that you called out on how to get back, uh, to me it just sounded like um, bad bad songwriting. I'm like, that to me it was like you guys are pulling out this same riff again, but then when you kind of realize that they looked at this as an art project, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, if that's what they did, then that's why they did it. You know, if they purposefully brought back that riff, it was because they have this overall kind of idea of what this record is. Well, yeah, they they have a kind of concept album mentality with this thing, whether or not it is a concept album, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like that's what they were thinking it was. <laughs> I and think so. so bring too, back yeah. some riffs and maybe some lyrics would make sense. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Um, but yeah, I would say this this song definitely stood out to me. Um, they change it up a lot, like it kind of like goes in a few different directions, which I liked. Like the second verse was a totally different rhythm than the first. Mm. Um, I love that guitar, that distorted uh, guitar line uh, that you call yeah. it. That's great. It kind of reminds me of St. Vincent a little bit. Hmm. Uh, I like the tambourine that they have going in some of the song that's like has the claps going along with it. Um, this is definitely like a good example of the last minute of the song being like everything that they did in the whole track slapped together for a minute. Right. So it's a little chaotic. It's kind of loud, but I really like it. Um, this, this song has some genuine energy to it too. And I think it's that guitar. And that's a nice kind of refreshing air. (laughs) It is right. Um, like, and it, it sounds like they're into this song, um, is what it is to me. It's like, they're like, you, it sounds like they're grooving too. They're not just like sitting in a Apple store uh, writing a fucking <laughs> album, you know. Uh, but I still, yeah. I mean, lyrically um, weak throughout the whole record. And, and this song is not uh, an exception. It's it's well, I don't know what the yeah. fuck they're talking about. The whole album. who knows and who cares? It, honestly, who cares? Uh, so your your second choice nug was Lighthouse, which I think is like one of their two singles that came off of this record. Uh, yeah. And it's honestly, the main reason it's my second Narnug is because of the way those vocals come in at the beginning on the verse, you know, where it Mm -hmm. starts off, uh, with a kind of building feel and, uh, some, some deeper vocals. Yeah. You know, 
and yeah. doing like whatever tribal sounding kind of stuff. Uh, but the way it, it slowly kind of builds up ever so slightly. And then it, it at the end of that passage, it just drops and the vocals come in. They're very meek sounding. Uh, they sound about as raw as you can get on this album. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really cool how it came in with the verse. Uh, and the rest of the song didn't offend me. So that is why oh. it is my Narnuk. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, I would say Lighthouse is... It, it opens up a lot. Like right around like minute and a half or so. That's when the drums really kick in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like there's an acoustic guitar in there. Yeah, yeah. Which is the first the first kind of instance of a of a organic instrument on this record. Well, they got the we, they got that electric on. I don't see electric guitars organic. I guess I'm just considering no, okay. like acoustic stuff. They're or, unnatural. Yeah, right. I mean, electric guitar is not natural. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Lighthouse and Rich Doors seem to be the two singles that they did something with uh, on this record. They're the only two songs on the record that have over a million plays. Um, some have as little as 66,000 plays. And for a, a, you know, an album that came out 10 years ago and a band that has been on like the fucking Degrassi high soundtrack and shit, like you would expect a lot more people <laughs> to be listening to this. <laughs> well, I, I guess they did not gain notoriety over the ages. Yeah, I don't think they did. I mean, they're on a lot of playlists, you know, uh, I mean, a lot, I would say probably 50 playlists or maybe fewer uh, on Spotify, but uh, it's all user playlists um, and some organization called Burp, B-I-R-P. <laughs> um, not a great name, I'd say. Not a great name uh, with a bunch of bands I've never heard of. And uh, I don't even know what Burp is. Um, but anyway, yeah, man, uh, it, this album was disappointing. Uh, I loved it so much when I was listening to it 10 years ago and I was really excited to go back to it and man, it was just so hollow is the way I would put it. Right. It was very hollow. It was like a hollow cocoon. Yeah. You know, I felt like I was in a cocoon house and, uh, I, wanted to burn it down and that's it well let's let, real quick let's just get of our ratings yeah. uh I'm, I'm saying like a four i'm saying like a four for me yeah but because uh, like i was kind of on the fence but hearing all that stuff about their artsy stuff their high art and listen through the album again and you know, you know it's a four yeah dude um it's it's so funny to hear like our disinterest <laughs> It's like, it's almost like, I don't even want to fucking talk about this. Uh, I'm giving it a three. All right. Yeah. I, can't, I can't believe I'm rating it lower than you. I thought you were going to give this a one. Like when I heard it for the first time after we talked last week, I was almost embarrassed. I'm like, uh, like I was thinking like, dude, oh, you're going to like, you're going to think that this is something that I really love and that I couldn't wait for you to listen to. And, and I thought it was. And then going back I mean, and listening to it again, I almost wanted to ask you before we recorded, like, just be like, so what are you thinking so far? But I just, I knew what the answer was going to be. I would be, I would have been amazed if you liked this record. I, it, it's not like it's offensive. I don't think it's a, it's a 
bad album. Like it's definitely something you can listen to, especially in the right time and place. And I've been very tired uh, each time I've listened to the album, and it has fit that mood. Yeah, and maybe made me even more tired. Um, what would you say that you liked the most about it? Um, it was very easily easy listening, I guess I'd say. Uh, and there were little tidbits that I thought were neat throughout the album. Uh, it was a little bit of a, you know, after a while, it's like, okay, all right, you know, all right. Yeah, dude, honestly, uh, after, what was the, I would say after Say the Code, I didn't like any of it. Uh, and Say the Code's the number four out of nine. Yarp. Yeah. Um, Ouch. Shot Big Horizon, the, uh, the song after Say the Code, I could I couldn't stand it. Uh, Upholder was the same thing. Uh, How to Get Back just sounded like Say the Code Part Two. <laughs> uh, Lighthouse I thought was the most interesting uh, on the second half of the record, even though I I didn't really like it that much. And honestly, like right. I wrote nothing for Shot Big Horizon, Upholder, Past Bad Pass, Gone Away, and Overpass. There was four out of the nine songs that I didn't even write anything. Well, yeah, and like. I guess it's a fine way to end the album overpass, but it's kind of like, I, I, I wonder what, I wonder what that room looked like in the art gallery, uh, you know, just yeah. kind of an empty instrumental with like some ambient vocals that you can't discern behind it. Some like reverse reversing to make it sound important. Mostly just piano driven instrumental. It's uh, yeah. I would think that final room is just like a fucking, plain flour tortilla on a podium <laughs> just like the shittiest way to end a meal just give me yeah. a fucking flour tortilla you know we haven't done this in a while do you want to describe it as a food do you want to give this album a food parallel yeah because... i mean i can't say like a specific dish but it's i've already compared it to like watching top chef like this album is a plate of pretentious gourmet high-end food um, that the chef inevitably will say, like, I just like to cook simple, you know, heartful food, um, something that my mother would have made me. And then they offer you something that has foams and, you know, uh, it's shrimp, but it looks like cake. And, and I, it, like, it would just be so uh -huh. up its own ass and it wouldn't even taste that fucking good. And I'd be pissed off that I paid $60 for a plate of like three bites of food that might have looked great, might have had really nice textures. It might have had, you know, uh, uh, a bite here and there that I was like, "Ooh, actually, I like that. I like the Wagyu beef or, oh, actually, I like the, you know, the weird pate that they made out of fucking cashews or whatever. But <laughs> overall, I'm going to feel ripped off and uh, disappointed at the end of the meal. Right. Well, that is New Villager by New Villager. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, <laughs> it was a little it was a little low energy this episode. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's safe to say that neither of us really liked it. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, in it, the worst part is that it wasn't so bad that we were mad about it. Right. You know, it was but, more like I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> like, look, I'm so disinterested. Look, that's how it is sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes you think an album's going to be real dope, and you get into it, and you just don't think a single thing about it, and you leave. You leave yeah. the house and, it's, and thinking about this one where nostalgia should have really placed this on a much higher uh, 
rating for me. It, it honestly, you know, 10 years ago, I would have given this an eight and uh, I'm rating it a three now. And, you know, to kind of real quick to, uh, to bring back the segment that you introduced in the last episode where we like name one song that we feel like is a, would be a, an encompassing what, <sighs> what you could expect to hear from these guys. Goodness. Uh, honestly, it sucks because it wouldn't be one of my choice nugs because I think those stand out because they're actually good. And I actually enjoyed those songs. So I wouldn't want to tell someone to listen to Say the Code. And then they hear the rest of the album and they're like, dude, Say the Code was the best one and everything else like I didn't like, you know? Right. So I would honestly say it would be something like Cocoon House, which was another choice nug. But I think it I don't I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as Say the Code. And I think uh, it gives a, a clear a more clear, honest representation of what you're going to hear on the rest of the record. Um, but I would say like shot big horizon or fucking um lighthouse maybe i would say maybe rich doors yeah because it's it's repetitive enough that if you don't hate it you might like the rest of the album yeah it's definitely the (laughs) i would say the the most radio friendly poppy is on the record uh but I, I, you know, I'm not going to be recommending this album to anyone anytime nah, soon. No, nah, me neither. Uh, not anymore. Um, <laughs> what would you, uh, what would you rate this, uh, this episode? I'm going to rate this episode a six. I was going to say a, a six also. Uh, just a, just a nice six. It's not because you know what, we we came here. We're both in our chairs. We're recording, and that's about that's about half the work right there. Yeah, that's a that's an automatic six. That's like you get five hundred points for writing your name at the SATs. Yeah, like he, a six is baseline for us as long as we just show up. I would say like my my performance on telephone by No Name might have been like a three or a four because <laughs> you were half asleep, of, man. Just because of how low energy I was. Uh, but you know what? We came. We did our we did our dang job. We came what we needed to do. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it was just one of those things. Just Who a, knows? A Maybe you listen to it. Maybe you'll love it. Who knows? Maybe. But either it way, was not our thing. No. Either way, thanks for listening, buddies. Um, you know, if you, if anything of what we said at least sparks your interest in listening to the record, you know, it might be worth listening to just like watching a, a movie that you heard was so bad it was good. Might be worth watching, you know? <laughs> Uh, who knows? It might be worth your time. You might enjoy it. Um, object- I think subjectively, neither of us really liked it, right, Brett? Like, it's just not. It's uh, it's, not I mean, it's it's fine. If someone put it on, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't protest. But but you also wouldn't be like, who is this? No, yeah, I wouldn't be like, ooh, who this artist? I'd be like, okay, whatever. Ooh, new new ears. Who this? <laughs> Uh, we are on Instagram at EVPcast. You can find Lucas at John Luke Guitard with like seven Fs, I think. John Luke Guitard with seven Fs. Uh, They're all You silent. can find me at Brett Hanrahan with a reasonable three Ts. <laughs> was it uh, like six Ns or something? I don't recall that actually. I don't think that's. I don't think that's present. I've been tagging the wrong guy in these posts. Then. <laughs> uh, you can go ahead and find us. Anywhere podcasts are found, you can comment on on the episodes. Yeah, tell us uh, how just much give you us hated your this. opinion. 
<laughs> tell much tell us how bland you thought this album was yeah tell us tell how... us how nondescript your reaction to this album was <laughs> yeah tell us how we are the high art uh pretentious podcast of music reviewing oh boy that's the thing isn't it if you if you're if you're criticizing high art it sounds like you yourself are a high art critic yeah i mean i can't I, I can't be seen that way or I hope I'm never like perceived that way because I admit to having gutter palate and gutter taste more than anyone else would care to admit. <laughs> so, you know, I am not going to be uh, hopefully coming off as, as a, a high art uh, music reviewer like an Anthony Fantano <laughs> might come off as sometimes. Right. Um, you know, I just recently realized, like, I know we're ending this episode, but just kind of an interesting thing that I, I read the other day that Fantano doesn't rate albums based off of his enjoyment. He rates it off of the technical aspects of it. I don't believe that. I don't, I, I can't <laughs> believe all. that. I can't believe that. Like who told you that? Um, someone wrote it in a, I, I forgot where I read it. He didn't write that down, um, or claim it or whatever. It was something, a comment or something that I read the other day because he, uh, he did a review of Telephone, um, which I thought was a pretty fair review on his part. But uh, what, he gave it do a... Do you remember what he gave it? I think he gave it a 7 or a 6 out of That's 10. not bad. It's not bad. Um, I thought his criticisms were valid. Uh, but also, like, he just... He never... I noticed in, a lot, in his reviews, he doesn't say, I loved or I really enjoyed... Or, you know, I know that this sounds bad, but I still love it a lot. It's like he is kind of like all of his critiques are like on the production, on the songwriting, on the musicianship, on the delivery, on all that stuff. Which I feel like even if you're trying to base your opinions and your ratings off of like artistic merit or technical aspects of the album, it's like you're still judging those technical aspects from a personal subjective standpoint. So it's hard for me to think that you're just completely objective and go, I think objectively, the recording of the guitars is lush. So that gets a certain rating, you know? I don't I don't I don't think I've ever seen Fantano as that kind of guy. I think after reviewing albums for a decade and, you know, doing like every week, you you kinda get in this zone, in this mode, and you probably set up a couple uh couple rubrics. Right. A couple things to go by and you know, that helps you kind of streamline the process a lot more. Yeah, categories. He doesn't, he doesn't have nearly the amount of time that, like, we have or just the just the regular person has to, like, listen to an album and fully ingest it. Yeah. You know? Even even so, his reviews are, are really impressive. I, I feel like I'm learning a lot from him and just how to, like we've said, like, how to speak to music and about music. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've always respected him as, as a critic, and I think he's done a fantastic job throughout the years i there are times when i completely disagree with him but totally i you know i respect him wholeheartedly yeah i do too i do too despite the disagreements like on pretty much every album that he's reviewed that i have an opinion (laughs) on we pretty much never see eye to eye but uh shout out to fantano man i think he's he's awesome and he seems to work really fucking hard he doesn't just do his like review videos on YouTube. Like he's on Twitch all the time. He's doing like live streams all the time. He's and those reviews, those you know, seven minute video reviews, probably take hours for him to do. Internet's busiest music nerd, man. Yeah, and I love his Fantano. glasses. I love his frames, man. 
his his glasses glasses and his uh his plaid yeah he's got a great plaid game great plaid game i like his uh, pretty much all the shirts that he wears i like um well brett uh before we close this out man like do you know what album you're gonna want to talk about next uh i didn't think of one because i assumed we were gonna have our our guest on the next episode no that's gonna be two recordings from now so we got a we got a recording next week and then i guess we're recording a second one with him all right well you know what let me let me uh, i had an idea for an album but i haven't listened really to it yet it was like my brother's recommendation he recommended we do siamese dream by smashing pumpkins oh okay and i haven't i haven't heard it it, and i don't want to another week of like a floppy mm-hmm. neutral album even though i've heard great things about that album and i've i delved into the process of the, making that album and it's like one of those like we were in the basement for 20 hours every single day and we spent two days on two seconds of a song you know and stuff like that yeah uh so, you know, you know, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go on our little list here. I'm going to pick one that suits my fucking fancy. I see a couple on your list that I'd be very interested to talk about. What are, what, what, why don't you name a couple? What are you thinking? Um, the first one that stands out to me is Lizzo, because I haven't heard much by her. Lizzo. You know what? That would actually be perfect to get us out of this little grimy, yeah. uh, dull mood. Yeah, I think um, I think the Lizzo one would be really interesting. I think uh, the Fugees and uh, that's a long one though. And Mir- uh, Miracle Musical, just because like, you recommended that to me last year, and I was really impressed with it. Oh yeah, we're for sure gonna get into that one eventually. Uh, but this week, let's let's do "Cause I Love You" by the one, the only Lizzo. So, all right, fuck yeah, man. I've literally been putting off listening to that record because I saw it on your list like months ago, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna do it for the podcast. Do it yeah, for the pod, man. man. It's it's some it's some good pop music, man. I I I hope you can shed your pretenses and and enjoy it for what it's worth. I really I have no pretenses. The only song I've heard by her is uh, Wireman. Why men great till they gotta be great? Yeah, and that I love that song, and I love her. I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm a hundred percent that bitch, even when oh, I'm crying oh. crazy. Dang boy, I love that line. Uh, I love her, so I'm I'm very excited to to listen to this record. Yeah, man, let's get into it. Cool. Uh, it, it, Lucas, this was good. Brett, this is all right. <laughs> And three, two, one.